You can't grow without learning. If you want to take your discipleship to the next level, you've got to develop your mind. And one of the best ways to do that is by reading books. And we've got some recommendations for you, so stick around. Welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship. My name's Doug Jones. And I'm Jason Wheeland. And this is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, but we sometimes call it... The show that helps you grow in your literacy. <laughs> literacy. Uh, yeah, that's true. You, you're going you're gonna to get a little practice reading if you uh, listen and apply this episode. Doug, you might want to explain for some people what a book is. Well, you know, books come in many forms. It's true. Sometimes a book... Uh, is a stack of double-sided printed sheets of paper uh, that are usually then wrapped in some sort of harder outer covering. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're too cheap to buy the harder outer covering, you might have a softer outer covering. Yeah. Uh, But they're all bound together so that you can uh, crack it open from one side and view the printed pages on the inside. You know a book I'm spending a lot of time reading that's not on the list that we're going to be talking about today? It's a lovely book called Biscuit Goes to the Pumpkin Patch, and it's about a little puppy who uh, gets brought to a pumpkin patch. That was a worthwhile diversion. My son adores it. Well, if anyone's loving this episode so far, go ahead and give us a like (laughs) if you're watching on YouTube (laughs) on the Biscuit Pumpkin Patch moment. And if you don't mind, comment on your favorite of the Biscuit books. Nobody knows those Biscuit books. I bet you there are people out there who know Biscuit. Biscuit is out there. Well, uh, yeah, this is another episode of Doable Discipleship. It's the 123rd episode, actually. Whoa. And we thought now would be a good time to give you some book recommendations. Good old one, two, three. Not only do we recommend the apparent Biscuit series of books. I'm just telling you, my son can't get enough. We also want to give you some book ideas that'll help you develop spiritually. Oh, yeah. Uh, most of these are books that uh, somebody on our team, either myself or Jason or Rob or Brandon, uh, has... Uh, enjoyed sometime in the recent past. Um, Some of these are books that I've just read in the past few months or within the past year or so. We did a series, we did a uh, book special maybe about a year, year and a half ago when we had first launched the Saddleback uh, books page, which has got a list of recommended books on it, saddleback.com slash books. You can check that out. Um, Many of these books though are not on that page. Some of them will be added, but um, today we just thought, Hey, these are some books that have been helpful for us in our own spiritual discipleship journey. We thought we'd just tell you a little bit about them and uh, give you our wholehearted support for, for these books as tools to help you grow. Yeah. Uh, here's, a, here's one to start off with. Let's just dive right into the list, shall we? Biscuit goes to... <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Biscuit goes to church. <laughs> uh, I, I, wonder, I don't know if there's a biscuit at church one. There's probably not. It'd be too, uh, too, be too edgy, sadly. <laughs> uh, one book that I... I uh, really enjoyed. I know Brandon Bathour has also really enjoyed this book. In fact, I think it may have been him that recommended this book to me initially. Is one by uh, the scholar and author and teacher N.T. Wright um, called Simply Christian, Why Christianity Makes Sense. Um, he, wrote, he wrote this book a while back. Um, you can almost think of this book as like a contemporary kind of uh, a contemporary version of C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. Yeah. covers a lot of the same themes, but does it in, in just kind of an updated way. 
uh, Mere Christianity was back in the 1940s. This kind of gives an updated look at it, and it comes at, comes at the Christian faith from some different angles. So if you've read Mere Christianity and you really enjoyed it, I think you'd really dig this one too. And there are areas that C.S. Lewis goes into that N.T. Wright doesn't go into, and vice versa. Um, but I think you'd really appreciate um, what N.T. Wright has to share about why Christianity makes sense. And he does a great job going kind of from the ground up. He approaches it as if the person he's speaking to has never really heard about Christianity before. Um, So it's not just great for people who are exploring the faith for the first time, but those of you who have been Christians for a while and want to understand your faith better, I really recommend this book. It's it's good, powerful, and uh, thought-provoking stuff. So Simply Simply Christian by N.T. Wright. Check that one out. By the way, all the books that we're talking about today will be uh, linked in the show notes. So if any of them sound like, ooh, I'd really like to look into that one, all you got to do is drop down into the show notes, click the link to the one you like, Easily and you Easily accessible for your convenience. Yep. That's that's what we're all about, folks, your convenience. All right. Uh, another one that I really like, uh, and then we'll let Jason do one. Yeah. Was uh, one by John Lennox. John Lennox is a, an Oxford, I believe, mathematician mm-hmm. and Christian and apologist. Really, really smart guy. Um, he wrote a book called Seven Days That Divide the World, The Beginning According to Genesis and Science. And in this book, John looks at the creation story captured in uh, Genesis 1 and 2 and um, breaks it down with a scientific eye. And he takes the time to look at the, the various ways that Genesis 1 and 2 can be interpreted and can be understood by uh, understood by Christians. And so he talks about things like, you know, an older earth and a younger earth, literal seven-day creation versus non-literal seven-day creation and that sort of thing. Um, very, very informative, very interesting, and really, really eloquently written. Everything John Lennox does is very eloquent and and just very enjoyable. Yeah, I was just going to say, if, even if if you have it, I would, I would urge you to, like, go on YouTube or whatever and watch just videos of John Lennox. Totally. He's just... As Doug said, he's incredibly smart, but he presents his content or his thoughts in such a way that it makes it sound like you're listening to your wise Irish grandfather. Grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you're just like, this is like, it, he's just so kind and cordial. And mm-hmm. he's just, yeah, I, I love watching this stuff. Even when he's debating people who staunchly disagree with him, he's just the kindest, sweetest guy. And uh, yeah, he, he really just has a, uh, a way about him that's very easy to listen to and, and, and really enjoyable and warm. So check that one out. Jason, what do you got? Yeah, I'm reading uh, a, f- a few right now. I know there's another one that I'm reading right now that we're going to talk about a little later, but I wanted to get this one and just kind of sticking with the apologetics theme uh, that we've kind of hit the first couple with um, is, is there's a book called To Everyone an Answer, and it's it's written by a bunch of different authors. So it's a bunch of different articles and different things that are compiled together. But um, it's it's a it's a really easy approach. It's not it's not getting into all of the crazy math and logic problems, but it's just it looks at different sorts of topics regarding apologetics, the defense of your faith, and different things in. Uh, really accessible ways and you hear from a variety of different voices which is kind of fun because then you can see the authors and if you're like oh i really like this person's approach or or the way that this person wrote about this or thought about this then you can look them up and see you know their other books or their other material so Mm. 
uh, for example, there's some articles in there by Greg Kokel, who we've had on this podcast. There's some articles in there by William Lane Craig, by Paul Copeland. There's, you know, um, by, by a few of the authors that are in this list of books that we're even are talking about today. Um, so I just, yeah, it's a, um, it, it's a read to go back to. I wouldn't say it's like a continuous read from start to finish, but it's just one to have on hand that a you reference can, tool as a reference tool to go back and check out, like hmm. as you're thinking about a topic. Yeah. Good one. What was that one called again? To everyone an answer. Hmm. Dig it. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple books too that we want to recommend that are all about creating habits. Uh, as you know, we've talked at length on the show about how uh, forming habits is the secret to discipleship, that the majority of what you do is a habit. Uh, and if you want to become a new kind of person, you need to develop a new kind of habit system. So uh, two, two that come up that I think would be really helpful for you in this area, one that I personally read and one that was recommended by Rob. Uh, the first one is The Science of Self-Discipline. Subtitled, The Willpower, Mental Toughness, and Self-Control to Resist Temptation and Achieve Your Goals. This is not a, a Christian book, per se. Um, neither is the next one. But both of them, um, this one very much so, are, are books that will help you to build not only... You know, not only you know, not only just shaping your desires and that kind of stuff, but actually helping you build a system to create new habits in your life and succeed at them. Um, what I love about the science of self-discipline is that it's very uh, easy to read, very ground level, um, very common sense driven, but also backed with a lot of research as well that will help uh, explain how your brain works, so that you can use that knowledge to. Um, to make new habits really stick. I love the cover of the book too. The cover of the science of self-discipline, uh, which is by a guy named Peter Hollins, by the way, I'm not sure if I said that, um, has this picture of a dog sitting at the edge of a table with just its eyes peering over the edge of the table and a bone sitting on the table. <laughs> and you can just, the, the picture just tells the whole story. This dog is trying to restrain himself from, from going after this bone. And um, the book itself is just written in a really... Accessible, enjoyable, uh, and down-to-earth way. I think you'd like that one. So if you're, if you're struggling to build spiritual disciplines in your life, you're like, man, I really want to be reading my Bible every day, but I'm just struggling to, to make it a consistent habit, or I really want to pray, or I really want to be better about my giving, or whatever, um, this is a book that will help you do that. The Science of Self-Discipline by Peter Hollins. A second one in the same vein is one called Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by a guy named James Clear. This one is recommended by Rob Jacobs, who's read this book, and he really dug it. Again, it's not a, specific, a specifically Christian book, but the idea behind this book is that most people don't succeed at building new habits, not because they don't have a sufficient desire. Like, you really want the thing. You really want to achieve your goal. But uh, what this book talks about is how people generally fail at reaching their goals because they don't have a system. They have the desire, but not the system. And Atomic Habits is uh, is a very systematic book that will help you create processes in your life and um, and systems in your life that will bring those new habits uh, to fruition. And by building those new habits systematically, you can reach the goals that those habits are geared toward moving you to. So uh, Atomic Habits, uh, Science of Self-Discipline, those two are very, very strong books. I encourage you to check out. I know this is later and you're in the list that we have in front of us, but I do feel like this is a good time to talk about that, that um, taking these concepts 
of self-discipline and, and atomic habits and tying them into your spiritual disciplines and your faith. Like, like that's a good a Christian use of these books yeah. is, is it, it, thinking about these topics and, and what it talks about and then saying, how can I apply that to my spiritual life too? Mm. So, um, so the book I was referencing before is our team was just reading Spirit of, Spirit of the Disciplines, mm. understanding how God changes lives and um, by Dallas Willard. By Dallas Willard, and at the very end, I mean, he talks a, a lot about a lot of stuff. <laughs> but by the end of it, he starts talking about spiritual disciplines and the role that these can play in your life. So the role of worship and celebration and fasting and journal, all, all these different mm -hmm. sorts of disciplines. But if you read that almost in tandem with some of these other books, like Atomic Habit or whatever, mm -hmm. then it's it's taking kind of the, the the scientific approach or the knowledge approach and then tying it into the spiritual approach. And it's, it, it might be That's a, a good useful idea. or good way to handle that. I like that idea, blending those blending those things together. Yeah. Um, if you can handle reading two books side by side. By the way, um, like like we've said, some of these books in this, most of them, most of them are Christian books, but some of them aren't. Uh, it's important to know that you can still gain a lot of helpful wisdom from books that aren't always written by Christian authors. Totally. I mean, and, and these two are are very, you know, like when you sit down on a plane and you look through the uh, how to get out of this thing if it crashes guide, you don't really care whether that was written by a Christian author or not. It really doesn't <laughs> matter because the information that it contains is still really, really helpful to you at the right time. So the same is true with, with books like this. Um, just because I, I know there are some Christian people that are like I never listen to any song if it's not a Christian song. I never read any book if it's not a Christian book. I never go to any movie if it's not a Christian movie. Um, but you're kind of missing out on some things that God might actually want to use to develop you if you if you have that mindset. Um, so those are a couple examples of that. Yeah. One that I read recently, and this one's a little bit out of the box. Uh, it doesn't really fit with any of the other books that we've got in the list today. But if you've listened to the show consistently for a while, you've probably heard me mention this book at least once. Um, and it's not even a book per se. It is uh, called The Journal of John Wesley. And if you don't know who John Wesley was, John Wesley was a, uh, a 18th century, meaning like in the 1700s was the time of his ministry. Um, he was a, a preacher who traveled all over the place speaking in the United Kingdom, mostly in England, but also crossed over into uh, into Ireland and I think even Scotland uh, from time to time as well. Um, but a really, really powerful speaker and evangelist and uh, just an amazing disciple. And as I, literally when you're reading the journey, the journal of John Wesley, he, he kept pretty meticulous journal entries through the majority of his adult life. And it goes from him like in his mid-20s, if I remember right, all the way up basically until his passing. It even includes um, kind of an appendix piece, which is uh, someone who was present with him when he died. He, he, he died in his old age, and when he died, there was actually somebody who was there with him, a, a, a few people actually who were kind of right there with him as he was on his deathbed and eventually passed away. And they even um, basically recorded his passing. So you get basically from the early days of his ministry as well as some background uh, of his own history, all the way up through um, uh, his passing away. And this guy's story is just amazing. And and as you're reading uh, about his life, you're reading some of these things that are just kind of mundane, like how he had to, you know, 
pick himself up off the ground because his horse tripped and knocked him off and all these little things. And then you're getting all these stories about him preaching to different audiences and there were rabble rousers that were trying to silence him and, um, and, and violent people and it, the highs, the lows, and all the different parts of his ministry life following Jesus. Really, really powerful. And I found it very, very inspiring. Um, so if, you know, something interesting about getting in a time machine like that and reading um, the daily details in the life of someone who who really has done much for the faith. Um, that is, is pretty exciting and inspiring, and uh, you might really enjoy. So if you're a history buff, or if you like having a glimpse of like the the days past and learning, uh, you know, kind of biographically or autobiographically about um, figures in the past, you'd probably really enjoy the Journal of John Wesley. Check it I, out. I'd like to hop on that time machine. Great. And take it Let's even go. farther back. Um, and so so there's a book called The Story of Christianity hmm. uh, by Justo Gonzalez. And this was a book that it's about church history. And I and I read it as a textbook, but um but it left me going, you know what? I would read this just as a you know, uh, just as my own outside of a class. Like it's not mm. written as a textbook, so it was a those are nice. It was a nice way to do yeah, to nice do break. It. Yeah, and it's just it was just I I've it, it it made it made a church history and Christian history just very engaging, and um, you know, and really it's it's just I remember in reading it being like you know what. It is amazing that the church is still around. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just uh. seeing all of the ups and downs of Christian history and just seeing God's work and blessing through all of it mm. is just, it's really inspiring. And it just, it gives you so much just, just thankfulness for God's provision through everything. And so, yeah, it's, it's in two volumes. Um, but it's it's actually a really interesting read. So it's mm. called The Story of Christianity. Good one. Uh, parents, here's one that, if you're like me and you're raising young kids especially, uh, here's one that I found really, really helpful. It's called No Drama Discipline, The Whole Brain Way to Calm the Chaos and Nurture Your Child's Developing Mind. Um, again, not a Christian book, at least not explicitly. They might be Christian authors. I haven't really looked into them too much. Uh, written by a guy named Daniel J. Siegel and a lady named Tina Payne Bryson. These are both um, um, psychologists, practitioners, and uh, they they co-wrote this book. They're both parents, experienced parents, I'm assuming, um, and very, very intelligent stuff. They, they, they basically, my big takeaway from this book was how to sort of diffuse the tension and the, the uh, emotion that can quickly scale up when you're parenting, especially young kids. Um, they talk about how, as parents, we have the opportunity in discipline to connect and redirect, and they walk through some really good, uh, memorable tips on how to, like I said, just diffuse the drama, diffuse the tension. If you're a parent and you're you're feeling like, man, I keep getting to the end of these days and regretting how all these interactions with my kid went, um, this is a really good book to help refocus you, give you some some good perspective on your situation, and some tools to help you just diffuse that so that you can have a higher percentage of good, healthy, helpful, forming interactions with your kids. 
Uh, there are a couple things in the book that I don't like 100% subscribe to or agree with. They're not like sinful things or bad. They're just approaches to parenting that, you know, that I kind of just differ from and different, you know, one psychologist says this, other psychologists say that there's different schools of thought. Um, so with all these books that we're recommending today, just know, take it all with a grain of salt and, and remember to keep your brain turned on when you're reading these things and decide, you know, how Christ is calling you to live. Uh, but this is really good. If you just feel like you need some new tools um, to get a hold of your parenting, uh, I recommend this one big time. I've got some friends too, uh, one friend in particular who's in my small group that read this as well, and he loved this book, and it's really, really changed his approach to, to his parenting as well. Um, so I know there are at least two people that will vouch for that, me <laughs> and my buddy Eric. <laughs> Hi, Eric. And the rest of you will probably like it too. <laughs> And um, we should also throw out the book Parenting by Paul David Tripp. I think we've talked about it before, and mm-hmm. I know it's on the Saddleback.com slash books yep. page. It's already there. Yeah. Um, but that's another one. It, it It is written by a Christian author and approaches, it talks about parenting from a Christian way. And it's just a really good reminder that, hey, you're a sinner and your kid's a sinner. So, uh, so cut them some slack. Cut them some Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> grace, <Yeah>. baby, grace. <laughs> <laughs> Grace. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she died last year. She died 30 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> Christmas vacation reference, everybody. Sorry. Um, <laughs> next one to talk about. Uh, Nancy Piercy is an author and a, how would I call her? I, I guess she would be a, I guess I could call her like a worldview philosopher. She's a really, really sharp lady. Um, she started out in life as an agnostic who didn't really accept that God was even real, um, and God got a hold of her life. She trained under Francis Schaeffer at, at Labrie in Europe, a, a classic bastion of uh, Christian thought and and philosophy. She's really, really smart, and she uses that intellect in a few books to help clarify what a worldview is exactly. Um, and she's got books called, like one called Total Truth, one called Finding Truth, and those are ones that have a lot to do with like, how do you know whether your worldview is true or false? She wrote one recently. It's her most recent book. It's called Love Thy Body. The subtitle is Answering Hard Questions About Life and Sexuality. And, um, you know, we all know that that issues of, of sexuality and worldview and... Um, you know, the nature of human life, the value of human life, all these things are are big uh, cultural topics right now. Nancy does a really great job. Again, as I read this, I didn't agree and, and stand by everything that Nancy said. We, you know, Christians can differ on, on these things slightly. Um, but she does a really good job of breaking down some really important social issues of our day and applying some, I think, really good, rigorous biblical thought to the conversation. So I really appreciated that book by her. Um, check it out. It's on Audible. I listened to it on Audible. I listened to almost all my books, as you probably know if you've listened for a while. Um, but it's one worth checking out. And also check out her other books, too. She's got some some really, really good material out there that's been personally really helpful for me. Um, another one that you might enjoy. If you've ever read the Old Testament and been like, what is going on here? <laughs> all the violence, all this, all this nasty stuff, like why is God commanding people to do these things, you know, to go and wipe out these people or whatever? If you've ever read particularly Old Testament and just asked yourself, like, is this, like, what madness is this? You should probably check out a book called Is God a Moral Monster? Making Sense of the Old Testament God uh, by a guy named Paul Copan. In fact, this book was recommended, uh, I heard, 
uh, philosopher and apologist William Lane Craig referenced this book. And that's how I heard about it initially. I went and got it, um, listened to it. Really, really good. Does a great job of examining ancient history, ancient culture, uh, the nature of ancient literature, and help get handles on what what are we seeing when we read the Old Testament, and how should we interpret these passages that just seem so difficult, so brutal, so um, so challenging to our 21st century sensibilities, um, and all that stuff. Check out Is God a Moral Monster if you've ever wrestled with, like, what is this God of the Old Testament? He seems so different from the really nice, friendly God of the New Testament. I don't get it. Um, this this book will help you reconcile the God of today, the, the God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and the God that we seem to see in the Old Testament. So check that one out by Paul Copan. Really, really good. Go ahead. You want to say one, or shall I keep going? Well, the next one you have on the list, I was I was going to put on it too. So well, go for I was, it. I was I was I was glad to see it on here. Everyone, listen um, to Jason. Hark, hear ye! <laughs> uh, so there's uh, so Tim Keller. Um, you've probably heard of him before. He's written a pretty whole prominent. ton of books. Pretty prominent Christian uh, pastor and thinker. pastor and thinker. Um, uh, he uh, he wrote a book called "The Reason for God." A belief in an age of skepticism that um, it, it really looks to kind of break down some of these heavy points of Christian thought and talk about them in using the language that he would talk with somebody who would come to his church and ask him these questions. That's right. And that's yeah. what I really appreciated about this book is mm-hmm. he would use examples of you know, I met with so-and-so after a service at my church in Manhattan, and they asked me these questions. And, you know, that led me to think about it in this way, and how would I approach answering these questions from a biblical perspective? Yeah. And he just does a great job of taking some of these really heady, um, big topics. But and ones for, that people get stuck on and a ones lot. That, Yeah, and ones that people get stuck on, ones that can feel... You know that that it puts the Christian really on the defense, and um, and says, you know what? Here's 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 how I approached it, and it was just a very humble way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even partner this book with another book of his called "Making Sense of God," um, which came out after "The Reason for God," and it's it's almost like it's almost a volume two. It's kind mm-hmm. of a similar thing. It's called "Making Sense of God." Finding God in the Modern World, hmm. um, and it talks about, like, why should anyone believe in Christianity, what role can faith and religion play in our modern lives? Hmm. Um, so reading those books kind of back-to-back, it's almost like like a volume one, volume two kind of thing. That's good. Um, also, the next book on here is is Reasonable Faith by William Lake Craig. I'm reading that book currently as well. And this one is a completely different approach than Tim Keller's book. Uh, this one uh, basks in the headiness. <laughs> it does. And well, it's William Lane Craig. So if you're wanting to really get into the sheer academia, intelligentsia approach to Christian apologetics and ex- explaining why the Christian worldview is the best answer to life's biggest questions, but you want to get like math and logic and reasoning in there too. Yeah. Talk about like then astrophysics. This book is, and... <laughs> is for you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's it, a lot of fun. If you like to dabble in 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 heady stuff, and if you connect, if you love to connect with God and connect your faith to um, to your intellect, and um, you like to to enjoy those high level discussions with lengthy words, uh, you'll love reasonable faith. It's very dense though, so you'll probably have to take your time. You'll probably have to reread some sentences from time to time because William Lane Craig is second to none in terms of intelligence. <laughs> and uh, I'll be honest, for a couple of regular guys like us, <laughs> it can be a challenge to keep up. But he does have a podcast, too, that we can promo here, too. That's it, true. It's called Reasonable Faith. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and it's very good. And he talks a lot about the book, and when he talks about the book, and when you hear him talk about it, it can sometimes either help supplement or be easier than trying to read it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, coming back down to earth, uh, there's, there's a author named Brendan Manning and he wrote, he's written a few books, I believe, but the only one by him that I've read that I will wholeheartedly recommend is called the ragamuffin gospel, good news for the bedraggled, beat up and burnt out. Uh, that book is just what it sounds like. In fact, the first time we, we mentioned that book on the show, it wasn't us mentioning it. It was Johnny Baker mentioning it when he first came on the show. Geez, about two years ago, when he when he, he was one of our pretty early guests, talking about self defense. He was talking about <laughs> yeah, he was talking about we talked about yeah, self defense, how to defend against temptation and things like that. He recommended this book. He really enjoyed it, and I read it shortly after him and positively loved it. Um, this is a book for 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 those of us who feel like there's something in in us that makes us feel like we need to earn God's affection and God's love. Uh, and and this book just paints a picture of God as gracious and merciful Father. The knowledge that God really does delight in you as a creature made in His image and as a as a member of His family, if you've trusted in in Jesus, uh, it's a book that will just lift you up and remind you that God loves you uh, in the middle of whatever mess you're in, and He's not standing there with His arms crossed waiting for you to clean yourself up so you can come to Him. Uh, it's a really beautifully written book. Uh, and and I just I just recommend it um, from the bottom of my soul. So the Ragamuffin Gospel by Brendan Manning, check that one out. Uh, you've already talked about the spirit of the disciplines. Good, we checked that off the list. Oh, here are a few that, well, a couple that uh, Rob recommended and one that Brandon Bathauer recommended as well. Both of whom you should be pretty well acquainted with if you've listened to the show for a while. Um, Brandon Bathauer did a whole uh, Not Your Sunday School Jesus series with us a while back, so you can go back and check that out. Really smart dude. Um, he recommended one called Good Faith, Being a Christian When Society Thinks You're Irrelevant and Extreme uh, by David Kinnaman. I believe David Kinnaman is part of the Barna Group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime you get something from him, you're getting something that's very research-based, um, very 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 fact focused, um, but then has a lot of interpretation of, of that research as well that helps you understand trends and and just how culture is right now. Um, and and this is a book that is just about helping Christians figure out how to live in the current world, which is seems to be becoming increasingly hostile toward uh, toward people who believe in the Bible, believe in God, try to live Christianly. That sort of stuff. Um, the cultural tide that we can kind of see building in certain ways around us. How to stand in the face of that and continue being faithful to Christ in the middle of that um, unfavorable climate. Uh, two books from Rob Jacobs. The first one, he recommended one called Holy Noticing, 
which is subtitled The Bible, Your Brain, and The Mindful Space Between Moments by a guy named Charles Stone. This one I'm really intrigued by. I have not read this one personally. Rob recommended it. I really want to check into this. Um, this book, you know, the, the word mindful is right there in the title. Mindfulness is something that I, uh, I actually want to begin exploring. Recently, I've explored fasting, and that's kind of been my area of dabbling as far as disciplines go, but I, I'm ready to move on from that. Not that I don't love to fasting, I'll continue to do it, but I want to move on to this mindfulness space and this idea of slowing down and making space to listen to God. I don't mean mindful in the sense of Eastern meditation where I turn off my brain and uh, and that kind of stuff. I mean mindfulness in the sense of trying to tune in to what God is trying to tell me on a daily basis. And, and this book really seems like it's uh, it, it could be super helpful uh, in doing that. So check out Holy Noticing by Charles Stone. Uh, the last one we'll cover today is called, What Does Your Soul Love? Eight Questions That Reveal God's Work in You, uh, by a couple actually called Jim Fadling and Alan Fadling. And this is one that I really want to explore as well. Um, this is geared around questions that will sort of help you assess your own heart and soul and discover what God is what God is looking to do inside you. So a contemplative approach to your personal discipleship journey. Some of us need um, not just to be reading all the time and learning. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say some. All of us need to uh, have moments where we take a break from, uh, you know, just the pure mental ascent of the faith and trying to learn more and study more and, and all that stuff. And we need to just take the time to slow down and ask ourselves some simple penetrating questions. And uh, this book is one that I think has great potential to help us do that. I'm going to do that one in um, probably in the next couple of months, add it to my audible queue. And once I've read that, then maybe we'll have some some episodes inspired by that coming up. But recommend that one. What is Your Soul Love by Jem Fadling and Alan Fadling. Now, that's a lot of books. We just gave you... Uh, the laundry list. <laughs> uh, I get it. But we we don't do these episodes often. In fact, this is the only the second time in 123 episodes that we've that we've done this. Yeah. Yeah, we also wanted to give a menu. So right. because we want to give a variety of different uh styles, even genres, you know levels of intensity. Just, uh, yeah, levels of intensity so that you can kind of look at them all and pick and choose. You've heard what we have to say about a bunch of these. So now just yeah. see, you know what that one sounds like? A good one for me next. You know, and we should give a special shout-out to, to producer David, who mm -hmm. is going to do, be doing a lot of work and putting all of these up in the show notes for you. Yeah, so if you click on a link and go to uh, and, and go to one of these books, just know that David put in the hard work of making sure you had access to that. So hearty thanks to David for all the hard work he does on the show. Uh, he actually does all the, all the production for the show now. Jason and I, we show up, we talk, and David takes care of the rest. So uh, David Bradshaw... Big thanks to him. Tip Comment below and say thanks, David, for all for all his hard work. <laughs> uh, let's end with one quick doable, shall we? Well, this should be pretty obvious. <laughs> this is an easy one, but I want to, you know, it, yes, it's obvious, but I, I want to, I want to make it explicit. We're we're calling you. We're to, assigning to do a book this. report. This is assigned. Uh, it's not a book report, but, <laughs> but hey, if you want to, if you want to read one of these books and write us a report, we'll take it. Um, Here's all I want you to do. Buy one book from this list this week. Just buy one of them. You don't have to buy a bunch. Uh, we're not getting any, by the way, we're not getting any kickbacks or anything for this. <laughs> so like we don't have any vested interest in promoting these books. We just, we just think these are helpful for you. Buy one of them 
and then read the first chapter within the next seven days. That's it. Buy one and get started. That, that's all we're asking you to do. Hopefully, if you read the first chapter, you'll get hooked and onward from there. But um, remember, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So mm. start with a, one chapter of one of these books and um, just invest in your faith. That's what's at the core of this, is that you are not resting on your laurels, hoping that God will magically sprinkle spiritual growth dust on you, and you'll suddenly begin to flourish in life, because it just doesn't work that way. Uh, The goal here is that you become an active participant in your own faith and take the steps that are necessary for growth. That's it. We hope you find them helpful. Uh, We love you, and we hope you'll listen next time. We'll see you next time. Undoable discipleship. (laughs) Toodaloo. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.